Hey everybody, it's Brandon from the Box Office Bomb Squad. And if you're like me, I know that you like to own a little bit of the movies that we uh, so nicely talk about here. Go to Iggy'sPopShop.com. There's a link in our description. That's our affiliate link. If you use that and the code SUMMERFUN, all caps with the space, you'll get a cool discount. Go there, buy stuff, nerd out, and let us know what you got. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's Brandon and Jesse, and we're the Box Office Bomb Squad. This is where we will be breaking down some of the biggest bombs ever at theaters. Today's bomb is the BFG. Flesh lump eater, bone cruncher, man hugger, child chewer, meat dripper, gizzard gulper, maid masher, blood bottler. Blood bottler? Yeah, and the butcher boy. The butcher boy? So... I'm sure after that, you guys are like, what? Well, <laughs> get used to it. Um, the movie lost about $90 million, uh, which actually with what we've been doing on here is one of the lower losses that we've had. Uh, this movie has had 25 years off and on a development where it hit a peak uh, in like 98 where Robin Williams was supposed to be the giant but his improv style just didn't quite work with this dialogue. And because of that, this movie has been scrapped and thrown around and Spielberg's always sort of been attached here or there. Kathleen Kennedy was attached years ago. And finally we got this, which is exactly what Spielberg wanted with uh, Mark Rylance, who he absolutely loves and he's done a couple other things with him. And of course we know him from, I mean, sadly we only know him from things like, Bridge of Spies and, uh, of course, Ready Player One. So the movie failed because of whatever. We'll we'll get into that. And the the whole entire idea of it is that it's this book and an animated film that has been around for so long. It was actually a surprise to most people that it did so bad when you had Spielberg attached to it. But without really uh, you know going into too many details, let's talk about it. God, let's talk about it. So the whole movie, to quote the BFG, is a little squiggly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know what I was expecting going into it. I really don't. I, I was like uh, – first off, I was completely wrong. I think in the last episode, I thought the entire thing used mocap and yeah. uh, that software. It turns out, no, it's just the Giants, mm-hmm. which I was like actually surprised by. And I was like, oh. Huh. That's how little I knew of this movie, even with the advertisements, that there were real humans in it. Right. Same thing. I, I was waiting no for it to click over to completely CGI, and it never did. So I was wrong. I just, I'm just a fucking liar is all it is. <laughs> BFL. Yeah. Big fucking liar. <laughs> so, uh, now, this movie directed by uh, Steven, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg right? uh partially written with uh oh the the woman who wrote ET Melissa Matheson her name yeah yeah Melissa Matheson uh, she was there i mean it's a rolled doll book uh with you know obviously previous films in that 
category are The Witches, which is amazing, and That's even the remake not. isn't that bad. It's not as good as the original, but it's it's fine. And then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and then the remake that people like that I don't like, Willy Wonka, which is what the actual you know book is named. But so he's got this i this whimsical worlds that he creates. And in these worlds, the the thing that's always so interesting about them is there's always one element that is way beyond normal, and people don't people react to it, but not nearly as much as you'd expect them to. Like no one was blown away or shocked that Willy Wonka had some type some species of human offshoot that no one has ever seen before in the Oompa Loompas. Instead, they're just like, well, those guys are weird. <laughs> and in the witches, whenever they're told about witches are being turned into mice, a lot of the characters are like, well, you know, witches do that. And so in this one, it's the kind of the same thing. It's like giants. And for the most part, we do get some good reactions of like uh, the uh, dudes with his hand shaking, trying to talk into the com and different things like that. But the giants are kind of like, oh, well, they're, they're, that's a massive giant. Sure. Giants. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to give them nightmares and haul them off to die on an island. So, I mean, I had – okay, I'll admit. I read this book probably when I was of age where this was a book that I would read, so 9 or 10. And I have not ever read it since. So the differences between the book and the movie I couldn't quite remember – and I saw the animated film, which had a lot of Bakshi, like, you know, Ralph Bakshi's, like, stuff in it, where it was the, uh, you animate over a, a, an actor. I saw a lot of that in that, but I can't remember when I even saw that movie, if I ever even saw the full thing. I think I only saw parts of it. So the story of the BFG is in the back of my mind, but not there all that well. So I went into this sort of not really recalling what to expect. I don't know what your you ha, you have a young child, obviously, so there's a chance you may have read this book to her, or have some form where you know a little more of it. I don't know where your BFG you know background is. So I know uh, I knew of the story. I had never read the book. Uh, my daughter does like Roald Dahl uh, stuff. Uh, she is extremely fond of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's kind of her go-to for bedtime story. Uh, she also likes James and the Giant Peach. Oh, yeah, James um, Jack Peach is another yeah, one. Yeah, Matilda, I uh, Mr. Popper's Fangman. Oh, yeah, Matilda, man, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, there's a bunch Great of them. Great stuff. What a, what a yeah. all-star, he's, he's a good author, man. He's got, I mean, sometimes he's hard to read, but he's easy to read for kids, so it works. Well, he's hard to read because of uh, the language that he created, gobblefunk, which is <laughs> just a word that vaguely sounds correct, but is pure nonsense. Yeah, schnozzer. So he, he named it gobblefunk. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Rumple Dumpus, Jiggy Raffs, this is Fizz this Wizard. book is right with it. Yeah, this yeah, the uh, this was almost like he had been writing down crazy words, and he used a few in Willy Wonka, and he used a few in The Witches, he used a few in Matilda, he used a few, but he was like, man, I still got a whole notebook of this shit. What am I gonna do with it? <laughs> Fucking jam it all into the BFG. <laughs> yep. And the the giants' languages sometimes it's hard to even know what they're really saying. You really have to use context clues. To like understand fully what they mean. It is very much context. But the thing is, I never had a problem understanding what they were talking about. No, as strange no, as I it didn't was. Either. You know? they, they did a good job with uh, the, the word. Again, the words always vaguely sound right. Yeah. 
Like they always sound like you're like, oh, sure. Okay. That, yeah. So I guess what this means, uh, flatulence. Uh, Okay. Okay. By the way, (laughs) the the fart jokes. (laughs) So, you know, I'm a, I did, (laughs) I'm a grown man and it's whatever. But as a child, I'll tell you a story. I once fell out of a barn and I landed on a hay bale and a hay bale landed on me because I'm really showing, you know, where I'm from (laughs) and I broke my ribs, right? So I got brought to the hospital and they're like, yeah, his ribs are broken. He just needs to stay on his back and not really move a lot and blah, blah, blah. So I have two older brothers. So we're at home. They're taking care of me. They're like, hey, we're going to go rent some movies. I said, oh, thank you so much, you know, because I'm bored because all I can do is watch TV, really. I can't even play video games because just the action of having my arms in front of me hurts. So they go out and rent uh, a couple different movies. But the one that stands out is the live-action Dennis the Menace film, which I'm sure (laughs) some people are familiar with. Well, in the scene, for some reason, Dennis ties up the bad guy and he farts into a fire and as a kid, farts were the funniest thing ever. Yeah. And they went, rented this movie. And if you've ever had a broken rib, you know that laughing is like one of the worst <laughs> pains you can have. So I laughed so hard at this guy farting into the fire and it hurt so much. And my brothers got such a kick out of it that they kept rewinding it because this was VHS days, rewinding it to play the part again. And it was killing me because I couldn't get up and just leave. And it was too <laughs> funny. So I think about this film. When he first farts and it lifts him off the bench, it's kind of funny and stuff. But whenever the entire royal family farts and the corgis get blasted out the door from their farts, I was like, holy shit, I would have died as a child. This is this is child comedy gold. Man, as a 35-year-old adult, I was belly laughing. When he lift because the first, I mean, I thought about it in a different way. When he first launches off the bench... Is, you know, I thought to myself, okay, number one, that's a really powerful fart. So that's funny. And my, you know, my daughter, Lily, she's losing her mind at this point. Oh, of course. That is designed for children. Then I see the, (laughs) I see the, the jet of fire coming out (laughs) of his ass. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, Steven Spielberg, you can't just have normal farts. You need like, you know, anus ignition. (laughs) Oh yeah. They're magical ass blasters. (laughs) It's fantastic. The Queen's <laughs> fart, by the way, is like a higher pitch fart. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, cut in, cut in the uh, you know right around here. Cut in whenever the the first guy that farts is the uh, her like main servant. Yeah, cut in just that fart scene. It's not very long. There's gonna be bagpipes playing behind it, but just those fart scenes, real quick. All right, so just to get an idea of what we're talking about, these are just multiple people farting. But the, that high-pitched squeaky fart is the queen's fart, and it blows the tablecloths up. And for some reason, it, that was hilarious to me. I don't know why. But, yeah, the corgis being rocketed out of the room by their own farts was just like – as a, again, I laughed as an adult man. I go, oh, God, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But I was like, if a kid was here with me, this would be – gold yeah this was the exact level of gross out humor that wasn't too gross for like an adult to be like ew gross but it was enough that it was just 
funny and there's a lot of humor in this movie. There's a lot of bits that I laughed at. A lot of what the giant says makes me laugh. Um, a lot of Jermaine Clement's evil giant makes me laugh when they, when he's like, you hate vegetables. He goes, yeah. And he goes in water and he goes, yeah. And he goes, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They just keep doing that back and forth for a little bit. (laughs) I was like, that was pretty funny. Okay. I like that. That was good. Uh, I, I, I liked the humor in it and the CG, although there's times where it's definitely a little off and more uncanny than I'd like it to be for the most part is gorgeous. I Uh, thought so too. I loved uh, the BFG, just the expression. Everything his his features are so good. And I get that Mark Rylance, that looks just like him. So all they did was amplify his own features and give him giant ears. Uh But yeah, he's got that real kindly face. And when he does a little smile, it is it's so, so well done. It honestly, like you hear the phrase warms my heart a lot, just offhand. Yeah. Literally watching that and watching him crack a small little smile <laughs> makes me feel good. Like I, I and, start smiling. Yeah. I'll say this. I know that they used like facial features and, and for, you know, the little dots to get everybody's fe- features all the way. Hmm. Mark Rylance does a lot of his acting and his face in this film. So, uh, when he sees the red jacket for the first time oh, yeah, after, yeah. you know, the amount that happens in that scene and just his face is phenomenal. And I was like, well, this is great right here. Uh, even Jermaine Clement's character, just the kind of stuff he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love to make those giants, the 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 nine bully giants, we'll call them. Uh, Flesh Lump Eater being Jermaine Clement's character and Blood Bottler being the the one who actually talks when it says uh, frolicking. <laughs> what's, what's frolicking? What? You know, oh, it's like he does a little jig. <laughs> uh, they they are so ugly. Like the whole point of them is how ugly they can make them, and they're really fun because they're so ugly and they're and it's just crazy because they're almost nonviolent in a way. Like when they're tossing him, they're making sure he's not being hurt. I guess. And there's like this kind of whimsical bit of it. But then you got to remember that they're eating children. Yeah. They're eating people. And you're like, oh, yeah, these guys are monsters. They're terrible, terrible monsters. And it's weird that the BFG was protecting them where he's like, oh, yeah, the boys, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, eh, those guys are killers. And the BFG may have been a killer for a while. We don't know. We, yeah, we don't know we don't when he know. decided to be a cucumber vegetarian. We do. The way I look at it is, and honestly – to me, again, you know, we talked about what speaks to children, and I guess because I'm, I spend so much time around my daughter, I see this kind of thing. To me, that is a younger sibling protecting their older siblings from people's ridicule simply because they are siblings and showing you that that's not always a good thing. Just because they're your siblings doesn't mean they're not doing something monstrous, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, and and BFG definitely does seem like he's much older than them. They definitely went out of their way to make him look older, and I believe he is older. I I mean, they don't really say anything, because when she asks about age, they just say they just kind of go on and on. Yeah, but he is is the runt. Yeah. You know, so he's the smallest of all of them. I really, I I liked all of that, and the music, of course, it's John Williams' score, Mm -hmm. so it's amazing. Uh, The music is almost nonstop in this film. They play music behind almost every bit of dialogue, which is crazy. Uh, I mean, the dialogue itself is insane. Rylance, like, nails it. Like, I don't know how he did it. BFG himself, like, to be able to deliver these lines, I mean, that's 
there's a lot of lines delivered that you have to say in such a way and he does it and you're like, oh, well, he did it. Good for him because I, yeah. I could never have done that. Oh, heck no. I mean, granted, he's, you know, being that it's animated, part of it, I'm sure he was reading scripts at the time, but... I mean, still, some of these, I mean, they're not, say, most of them are nonsense saying the, words. Yeah, say, saying <laughs> the words without a, a uh, like a a sense of confusion is pretty, yeah. it's pretty good. I mean, I, I even when I read them back, I'm like, uh, okay, that's a weird one. I wrote down mm-hmm. words that stood out, like Fizz Wizard stood out because he said it so often. Yeah. But like even saying Fizz Wizard, like you can't say it in normal conversation like it's just something normal it always sounds like you're doing something so when he says it and i don't ever i don't take a second to go what i go yeah okay the fizz wizard <laughs> like he does a great job at owning yeah. the character yeah uh, it's fantastic with that being said there is a big part lacking to me here and maybe i'm not that may, maybe i'm wrong but i didn't get that Spielberg magic moment. You know, he, he loves those magic moments. Uh, think of every Spielberg film that he's done, everything he's involved in. And that magic moment that comes out from it. I never, ever got that from him or in this film. There wasn't a one particular moment that I was like, there it is. That's it. This is the moment. And, I don't know. It's like the the giants revealed so quickly and we're introduced to him so quickly that even his reveal isn't very magical. So I don't know how you would have been able to create a magical moment other than the we I guess we were supposed to be a little more taken and moved by the dream sequences. But mm-hmm. to me, they were just like a pretty sequence. And that's all I got from it. So, yeah, that that was what was lacking is the Spielberg moment. Sure. For me. Yeah, I mean, you've got, in my opinion, you've got things like that. You know, there are no jaw-dropping moments. The whole movie is gorgeous. The whole movie is whimsical. And honestly, you know, I had said before we started recording that I had no notes. And the reason I have no notes is because I normally take notes while I'm watching the movie. But to be honest, after about the first 20 minutes, I had nothing really truly written down. And I got caught up. Like I, I just got caught up in the movie to the point where it ended, and I was like, "Oh crap!" I didn't write anything down that whole time. <laughs> you know, I was—I mean, it was a damn decent movie in that. I aspect. mean, even right from the beginning, that running scene is just gorgeous—the hiding, yeah. and everything. I, I loved yeah. how he did that. Obviously, it's so bullshit because I mean, yeah, the he weight jumps of over that giant on the back of that truck—he would know. Yeah, he jumps over the highway. Every car there saw him. Yeah, like he, every, he poses a tree, and the guy wasn't like, "Hey, there's a new tree," but. We're, 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 as for a kid's film, and even more so for a fantasy, and even more so for a Ralph Dahl film, you, you have to kind of get rid of realism and go, what is, what is the fantasy that we're in? Exactly. Uh, like, and getting Jermaine Clement's voice as a villain, I thought was a, just a fucking knocking it out of the park. Oh, uh, yeah. I, there, there are parts that are kind of crazy. Like when you think the fact that they're killing people, you're like, oh, that's dark. Uh, the fact that, that seemingly are going to commit genocide on the giants is pretty crazy. <laughs> I, I, that was a little weird to me because like they're on a rock that island didn't really have any usable farmland to grow those cucumbers or whatever they call them. Really? So like, she's like going to just kill those giants. Like they're going to starve to death. They'll eat each other and there'll be like one or two left at the end. But yeah, I was like, that's a little weird. Uh, and then that's oh, where the sequel picks up. 
the part that creeped me out the most, and we'll cut in here. It's about the fifty minute mark. They find the blanket and they're sniffing, uh, and he's like, they they have great sense of smell. These giants. So he's like, hey, I'm gonna have each of the the nine bully giants smell this thing to hunt this human, and we get the second giant that smells it does this very audible mouth sound and we'll put that right here <laughs> and i remember just cringing at that by the way i was just like like it was just a it was a sound that i was like no thank you uh, i i don't know what i don't know why they decided that would be the thing but i'm sure a little kid thought it was funny i i just was like nope maybe mouth sounds bother me so i don't know that's possible. I, that is a thing for people uh, quite often, actually. Um, you know, I was thinking that like one of the one of the issues that I was seeing with the movie just in general. And yeah, I mean, I got caught up. There are certain things that I immediately picked up on, um, you know, like the, the I think at one point, if you watch, um, I forget the little girl's name all of a sudden. So. Yeah, Sophie. Uh, if you watch, Sophie, I think, uh, looks... It's either Sophie or the caretaker lady. One of them holds, is looking through letters, and it shows a stamp, and the stamp says it's like 1983. Yeah, it's 83. Yeah, but the, she um, asked for Boris Yeltsin, who would not be in power at that point. <laughs> that too, that too, but I'm still having a hard time considering... I'm having a hard time believing we're not seeing like any pop culture references from the time period anywhere in the England that we're looking at. Oh, they they almost went out of their way to kind of confuse you on when the time of this would be. Right. Uh, I mean, there's cars, so we obviously know that it's within within the modern time. But mm-hmm. the the drunks that we see at the beginning, which a bunch of them, by the way, were giants. Those were a exactly. bunch of giants. Yeah. Uh, when we see those drunks, they're not wearing like a a, a wham shirt or anything from mm-hmm. the '80s. Uh, she doesn't seem to, she doesn't have any toys. She's reading a book from forever ago. There's yeah. really n- almost no references to the eighties other than Ronnie and Nancy being mentioned, uh, over the phone by the queen, that letter. And at one point we sort of get like a, Oh, it's the eighties because of the military look and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah. the, even the cars are a lot of like ageless, like sixties and seventies cars. Yeah. The, the, to set it in the 80s is a little weird, but I guess they wanted to have uh, – and I mean they wanted to use the queen. Uh, they wanted to use her whenever she was still very active, so it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I uh, I was definitely surprised by the lack of 80s. Maybe because it wasn't America, but yeah, he, he, yeah. Stuck, he, stayed out, he stayed out of it a lot. Yeah, he did. And I think um – you know, the the fact that this book, uh, I was looking up the age of the book itself. Uh, mm. The book was published in 1982. So he wrote it for the Times and they just kept it in that time. Exactly. Uh, but then you look at the fact that, I mean, 1982, I was born in 85. So by the time this movie came out in, what, 2016? We were, I mean, that generation was, that would be, you know, kind of wanting to go see a kid's movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind well, of I moving mean, out. So, and I don't know, I honestly, I, I don't know of too many other parents. I know they exist because this is kind of just the thing that happens. I don't know of too many other parents that do bedtime stories every night and read 
like books like this, you know, yeah, there's a lot of Dr. Seuss going on, a lot of mm-hmm. like poetry books golden, and stuff like little that. Little golden books, yeah. Yeah, but nothing like to get through a thing, to get through a novel with a kid, yeah. Right. The thing that me and my daughter specifically do are look for big novels. They, I mean, we read uh, a bunch of Artemis Fowl novels. Those are good, by the way, if you're looking for something for your kids to read. Much better um, than that movie. God damn. Yeah, that movie wasn't great. That movie was, uh, all I the think Roald that movie Dahl, might be on our list. I think it probably is. Because that um, movie lost a lot of money. Yeah, Lily will definitely have something to say about that movie because she adores it. <laughs> all right. I, but, well, I mean, I guess you kind of accidentally segued into that. I know that when we do these family movies, you watch them with your family because you have one. And I watch them alone because that's who I am. <laughs> and, oh, that's, <laughs> no, yeah. no, that's quite okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll loan you I my like, family for like a week. I, I like things. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff. You replace stuff, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you, can have, uh, you, can, you trade that in when you get kids. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta be like family or stuff, and I'm like, I'll take stuff. I mean, <laughs> but uh. I know that uh, we we do a segment here that uh, I adore, and I, I'm sure she likes the fact that she's part of it. But we do like Lily's review, which is Jesse's young daughter reviewing family films and what she thought of them, and the obviously the the scope of how a child views a movie. So Jesse, uh, take it away with you know. I know that you had told me a couple things beforehand, so take it away. All right. So uh, keep in mind when I uh, play this for you guys, she was uh, very tired at the time (laughs) because we had just gotten done watching a movie and she was cuddled up and she had some hot tea and milk to go and she was just about to hit the bed. So what did you think about it? Yeah. I mean, what about it? Um, I like the... Princess part. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it when BFC gets the puppies and they just scoot on their butt and fart. Perfect. Would you watch it again? Huh? Would you watch it again? Yeah. Do you think other people should watch it? Yeah. Yeah, everybody should give it a try? Yeah. Okay. So I will say, uh, Without even I, I I hear that live with you guys, so I know that you'll obviously hear a cut because we'll add it in there nice and clean. But I hear it the first time right here, right now, and I did not know that she also loved the the corgis farting their way out of the room because that was one of my favorite parts of it. So apparently, uh, we agree on that being a solid part of the film. <laughs> Yeah, oh, she yeah. like I said, she was she almost fell off the couch when he farted. <laughs> and when the corgis and everyone else started farting, I'm pretty uh, sure she may have shed a tear. <laughs> I mean, people farting is funny enough, but when you get an animal farting, oh man, that's too much. <laughs> Especially a corgi. Come on. I, oh yeah. I mean, they're already funny and they already have those short legs, so they're just perfectly yeah. shaped to rocket themselves out with a, a, a <laughs> ass blast. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsor. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. So, uh, did you like that they inception the queen? <laughs> I thought about that when it was <laughs> happening. I'm like, holy crap, where's Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, it's a fantastic idea. Why not? I mean, yeah, I mean, I was like, go for weren't it. Weren't they released really close together, that movie and Inception? This was 2016? 
Inception. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was I'm pretty sure Inception 20, was, 20, was 2010. Inception yeah, was 2010? 2010. Holy oh crap. Oh my god, I'm old. I did not realize yeah. it was that long ago. I thought it was like 2014. Holy Me crap. Neither. Jesus. Oh my god. What, what, well, what have I done with my life? I'm going to go dig my own grave now. See you guys. <laughs> uh, well, you know, with that being said, that that's fun. Uh, <laughs> we get to look at... Kind of like the giant said, you know, we get to <laughs> we'll just go our own. on and on. Yeah, just go on and on. <laughs> we get to look at our own demise, and uh, I, I will say there was a lot of heartfelt moments. The, a lot of emotion, all the secret, secret uh, whispers of the world, and the lonely heart stuff, and all that was really cute and really endearing. Um, mm. I didn't ever find myself bored, which I often do with certain kids' films. Uh, I was entertained enough throughout that I followed the whole thing. And I did actually have a lack of notes myself just because I was writing things down. I know that I went back to study the differences. And I know that in the book, uh, there's – well, first off, if you watch the 1989 cartoon, well, well I want to start with that. If you watch the cartoon from 89, which I've seen some of, like I said earlier – it's terrifying. The giants in that are, are scarier than the giants in this because they're always filmed in dark. Uh, they use that rotoscoping where they, they draw over a person, and the giants are just just terrifying looking. It, and honestly, you probably should go ahead and like watch that. If you're going to watch this, make it like not maybe a double feature, but watch both of them. Kind of get that feel of it. In the book, the giant doesn't talk nearly as much as this giant. Uh, this giant definitely has a lot more English in his vocab than uh, the book. In the book, he is like nonsense words nonstop, and almost every word is that. And I know uh, there was no previous kid. Like uh, in the book, it was just the kid, that main kid right then, right there, which was made after Roald Dahl's daughter because she had passed away at a young age. And so he had kind of was like, oh, I'm going to make this about her, you know, and with this giant and like that. So there wasn't a previous kid, but the previous kid did add a little bit of tension. Uh, one of my biggest complaints about the movie is that when they try to add tension, it's almost it, they never follow through. So they added tension with the argument. They kept that argument going between the two of them. But then she goes to commit suicide, which, I mean, is super dark and weird. And he's back immediately. But we only we only lose him for. I don't know, two minutes. So there's not enough time to like have that emotional scar that you'd want to heal with him coming back. I would have liked to see her go an entire day in the orphanage being treated like crap to kind of get us the idea of, Oh, that was better for me there. Yeah. Uh, that was, that's my really only complaint on the film itself is like, there's not enough tension for an older audience it's definitely a movie made for a younger audience because they're just like, well, we're not going to worry about really climax and things like that. We're just going to have a multiple scenes that are funny leading to the resolution. Yeah. You know, looking at these giants from the 1989 animated film, they are terrifying. They're terrifying. Yeah. They're like gray <laughs> and they, they have like super sharp teeth. They look like orcs from, uh, yeah, the exactly. Lord of the Rings animated. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Ugh. Cause one of the, one of the things that I was hearing, uh, before I even watched the movie, I went and I, I did some reviews about because one of the things I like to do is if I if a movie, if I haven't seen it at all, I'll go and I'll read why people think it may have flopped. 
and then I'll judge whether or not I agree with them after I watch the movie. One of the things I kept hearing was that the giant, the BFG, was scary. And I'm like, I don't see it. So, so there is like, that uncanny, uncomfortable feeling you get from any lifelike I mean, being. But it's CG, he was just a, yeah. and, and some people don't some people have issues with the sweet old man vibe. Sweet old man Maybe vibe is it. creepy to them. I got the sweet old man vibe from him and I was fine with it. He's yeah. very childlike and with what a lot of what exactly. he does. Exactly. His eyes, it's all in his eyes to me. Well, he's got, well, I mean, even the actor's got these big, beautiful blue eyes, and he's got this just really kind face, which is why, like, in Ready Player One, that movie's not great, but he does such a good job at being that kind of stunted, emotionally character, because he plays, like, a young guy so well. And before you think this guy's as typecasted, I've also seen him play, like, terrible villains. This, Mark Rylance is an actor who doesn't get the respect he deserves, but this guy is great. He owns it. Watch Bridge of Spies. He's in that. He's great in that. Another Spielberg film, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, well, I guess we kind of talked about it. I mean, obviously, we know our feelings on it. So let's go to uh, the next section of uh, Should It Bomb? One, two, three, four! Well, Jesse, as always, uh, you first. Uh, I'm going to say no. I don't think it should have. I think it was a unfortunate, uh, just like uh, almost uh, like you and I, we thought it we thought it was all CG. You know, I I was on the same boat as you, not just because you said it, but because I honestly thought it was all CG. And I, you know, for instance, uh, Polar Express, everyone loves Polar Express. I have a hard time watching that movie because it is all CG and it's all uncanny valley for me. Plus the kid um, with the glasses is literally the most annoying character I've ever seen in film. And he's an, not even an, endearing my entire life. character. Yeah. yeah like there's, there's a thing life. about like endearing characters that you're supposed to kind of go like there are negative endearing characters. Their, their yeah. job is to be annoying and things like that. Urkel is a great example. Of exactly. This. Yeah. Yeah. But so, this character, no, I just want, I want to throw this child from the, <laughs> from the train so badly. So yeah, the, hot, that, the hot cocoa dance or whatever. I was like, please pour it all on this child. <laughs> Kill him. Anyway, you can. <laughs> Kill him. Uh, uh, yeah. No, he I, dies, you know, he so dies. between that and, you know, I think because of the generational gap between, um, the uh, the the writing of the book and you know who wh- the generation that would have been reading the book, mm-hmm. and now you've got parents that are millennials who probably had never heard of the book going and seeing the BFG on the the marquees of all the theaters. I'm oh, sure for the sure. name didn't help. I'm shocked that they went with the <laughs> BFG as a title. I know that's the name of the book. But to yeah. not directly call the movie the big friendly giant was a surprise to me. Like yeah, a so lot of, that can't. They help. literally changed the name of the character in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because they wanted Willy Wonka to be the main focus mm-hmm. from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It feels almost logical to name this movie the big friendly giant instead of people just seeing BFG going, "What the hell does that mean? Isn't that the gun from Doom?" You know, like <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. that's the problem. 
You know, so and, and that, millennials are probably yeah. going to know the gun from Doom more than they will this book. One hundred percent. And we're millennials, yeah, exactly. by the way. We're not dissing on millennials. We are millennials. So yeah, exactly. So I we can. I don't. I'm an elder millennial, but yeah. unfortunately, I am a millennial. Yeah, um, we're, we're at the tail end of that. We're the we're the old generation. Exactly. So those two things, and then on top of that, I believe if I remember correctly, I looked up and the box office in general kind of took a hit. Uh, when this one got released, just well, I mean, all it, across it released the board. at seven million. The number one film that week at fourteen million was the Purge election year. Uh, it released well, that's in a July. Stark contrast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It released in July, so it released right around now. Well, well, when we're as of recording, obviously. So yeah. it released around then. Uh, the second movie was The Legend of Tarzan, the most forgettable action film of the last yeah. five ten years. Um, that has the tall vampire guy from uh, Alexander Skarsgård's in it as Tarzan. Uh, that movie is just, just, just so forgettable. And The Purge, I couldn't tell you the difference between one or the other. I don't know. I can't tell you anything about them. I've never. They're popular. A good one. for them. Good for them. Uh, number three was Finding Dory. So Finding Dory was still dominating the box office. Uh, I think yeah. I believe it was its. It was 15 days in, so this was its second week, and it was in, in its second week it beat BFG. Now BFG did beat Independence Day in its uh, second or third <clears> week. <throat> That's saying a whole lot. <laughs> so <laughs> that movie was on our list too because that movie was terrible. But yeah, yeah so it, it had competition in Finding Dur- Dory, but obviously the top two films they only made about 14 million a piece on their opening weekend. That's not a huge opening weekend. Uh, as of yeah. this recording, Fast and Furious 9, F9, oh, which God. we'll never review because that movie is amazing and it made tons of money. $70 million <laughs> opening weekend. Oh, God. It's just a comparison. As, it made 10 times the amount of the BFG. So, by the way, uh, uh, many times we'll go back to this well. I love the Fast and Furious <laughs> films. I Do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. Do I accept Sorry. that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. At this point, we're going to be a couple weeks out from the release, so I don't mind spoiling a little bit. And I, I know you don't care because you hate the films. Uh, these mother, I don't hate them. They just don't hold me. These motherfuckers go to space in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. I, That's fantastic. I might watch it just Tyrese for that. Tyrese and uh, uh, Ludacris drive a car into fucking space. So, of course, it's Tyrese and Ludacris. And this has nothing to do with the BFG. It's just like, you know, kind of a little <laughs> no, inside of but, our lives. Eh. But what I'm saying is <laughs> that movie made $70 million. This movie made $7 million. It's not fair because this movie did have a lot of uh, – it had a lot of care put into it. And those Fast and Furious movies are like – they Google Fast and Furious memes and go, yeah, fuck it. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, I said over a year ago, I said two years ago now because the movie got pushed back when they were like, yeah, Han's coming back for Fast 9. I said, if he just reveals that he's a fucking ghost, I will not be surprised. <laughs> like that's how these movies have gone. <laughs> and so – but yeah, yeah, yeah. Go out there. If you need a good family film, watch the BFG. If you got kids that like fart humor, they're going to love it. The dialogue in it's great. Your kids are going to be quoting these fucking crazy wacky words and they're fun. They're fun words. So do it. They are. And if you're not looking I for I forget a what he calls the TV and the radio. Oh, man. I know it's called the uh, – the radio is called the squeaker box. 
Yeah, the squeaky box. But I box. cannot remember TV what he calls is... a TV. Oh, man. Let me see if I can find it. He calls it a squeaker box, which is awfully close to a magic talkie box. <laughs> which, uh, which is yeah, that's a really good point. Because <laughs> the first thing you'd be doing, you'd be scuttling around and yodling the news that you were actually seeing a giant. And then there would be a great rumple dumpers, wouldn't there? And all the human beings would be rummaging and whiffling for the giant what you saw and getting wildly excited. And then they'd be locking me up in a cage and to be looked at with all the squiggling, you know, hippo dumplings and crocodile dillies and jiggy rafts. And then there would be a gigantic look-see giant hunt for all of the boys. I will tell. No one would listen to me anyway. I'm an untrustworthy child. Yeah. The dialogue in this movie is just so out there, but it's so good. Yeah, I knew everything he was saying. Oh, yeah. You know what? In the books, <clears throat> the giants are putting a, pole, a hole in the ground. And uh, the queen pays or the queen charges admission to go look at him. I just remembered that after he said they'd yeah. be looking at me. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's a, that's part of the, the book. And in this that's one, they just drop point. him off at an island in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so uh, he didn't say the thing about the TV. I thought he was going to, but that's a that's, that's a next the kind part of language. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it's so good. It it is really fun. It's a it's really fun, fun to listen language. to. Rumple Dumpus. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna and say. The, the, yeah, it's fun to just say. Yeah, I mean, Dumpus. That's just Gobblefunk, man. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't think the movie should have failed. Uh, I think that. I, I do think that these $13 million that Finding Dory pulled in probably would have at least halved into it because it was the only uh, family film out that weekend. But Finding Dory just – I mean you can't you can't compete with something like that. That's a powerhouse. No. So this movie probably just suffered from bad release weekend, bad bad public, public – uh, like just in general advertisement. Like I said, I, I wasn't even – I didn't even know that the BFG was – uh, live action and animation. I thought it was full animation because I only remember like quick. You can skip this ad. The BFG now in theaters YouTube ads. That's all I remember from it. Uh, and granted, I don't watch you know TV with commercials anymore because we're millennials. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, overall I really dug the film and just sad that it failed because. I don't want this to be a representation of a Roald Dahl or Steven Spielberg or that little girl who was amazing in it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we got that HBO special, or the HBO, uh, the witches with uh, what's her name in it. I, that was fine. That was good. So I know a lot of people hated it for certain reasons, but it's whatever. Yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it. Awesome. Me too. And it seems like uh, the kids uh, if you too. got a family, definitely give it a shot. Absolutely, for sure. The family will be quoting. And you know what? Here's what's funny. It had enough of those moments. I'm going to call back to a previous episode here if you guys are return listeners. It had enough of those moments that were like just goofy off the wall fun for kids to quote that uh, Doolittle tried to do. Yeah. But couldn't land it. Doolittle was annoying with it instead. The the duck stuff from Doolittle – wanted to be the giant speak from this and it just mm-hmm. it just couldn't land it 
Hey, uh, so real quick, uh, normally this would be where we seamlessly and perfectly transition to the next part of the podcast, but in my uh, 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 expertise, we'll call it, I lost our recording file Brandon for the, the file. what's next, <laughs> the, the what's next <laughs> section. So we were recording this <laughs> at a later date when Jesse, being the professional one out of the two of us, said, hey, man, uh, where's the file for what's next? And I said, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> so, uh, Jesse, what's next? Well, I'm not going to pretend that I did the random number generator right now. So the one we came up with was number 14. And number 14 is, uh, I'll put in the sound effect right here, uh, <laughs> Battlefield Earth from 2000. And boy, oh boy, do we have stuff to say about it. Like, I mean, oh. uh, <laughs> we're recording this after we already watched it, so we don't want to get into it too much. Like, we normally kind of go into it a little bit, and this is where I make some mistake and say it was, like, a, compu- a fully computer-animated <laughs> film, and it wasn't. Or I say it was an Aardman film when it was actually not. But in this case, uh, all I can say about it is... <laughs> <laughs> you guys will get that once we actually get the, the recording. Oh, boy, it's going to be something. Anyway, let's go into the uh, where they can find you section. Yeah. So. With with uh with that being said, I mean I think we've talked about this enough, and we talked about Fast and Furious not enough because who who could talk about <laughs> it enough? Uh, <laughs> why don't you tell people where they can find you? Can you can only you can only talk about Fast and Furious enough if uh, you got family. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, family's an important part of this new one, by the way. <laughs> and family in space. <laughs> exactly. Um, you find me on Twitter. I'm at Pen of Doom. Uh, that's P-E-N-O-F-D-O-O-M. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brando Supreme. It's like Taco Supreme, but with Marlon Brando. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook uh, where the box office bomb squad. You go there and uh, you know message us, quote on us, tell us what you think of the film in one line or less or whatever. I don't know. And uh, if you want to yell at us or talk to us or send us something funny or – Send us a song for one of the uh, segments. You can send that to our Gmail, which is magictalkiebox at gmail.com. That's magictalkiebox. It does sound like a BFG. It does sound like a BFG. It sounds like a giant tease. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 